Hello, it is Bring It In with me, Gerard Hector, and Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? I am doing great. How are you, my friend? Cannot complain. We are in September. I was saying this on another, on another podcast. It's like this like weird energy and vibe kicks in around early September. I, I And I can tell because I go out to take the dog out for a walk in the morning out of my building, and it's like children are coming out of every orifice. Moms are yelling about getting into cars. I'm like, what is happening? It's like that first like frenetic couple weeks of like, oh, everybody's back to like their normal fall rotation. It's kind of crazy. It's very different for us in Florida. The kids have been in school here for, God, a month yeah. already. Yeah. Um, I don't get that for another <laughs> seven, eight weeks. The, the very first time um, we have a, a, a cool breeze. Right now, a cool breeze is 82. And it feels great. <laughs> <laughs> but like we laugh about it. So that those when that happens, it reminds me of when I was like in middle school and I'd walk to our high school football games on a Friday night because it was like a mile and a half or so walk. And I just felt like, all right, we're getting, you know, the summer's really done now. So we, we're, we're away from that, Gerard. Yeah, we're still well, yes. hot and humid, man. That, 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 that is Florida. Um, and, and then hurricane season's got to come, right? You got you to gotta have that Luck, to deal with. Luckily, we've been, nothing's really come we've had tons of rain more than i can remember but well yeah whatever rain's no big deal we say, you'll, you'll, you'll choose cover. rain over hurricane oh I'm yeah sure. <laughs> we haven't had a duck and cover it's uh we don't talk about it let's just <laughs> let's just it. wake up and have it be november and we're good to go <laughs> <laughs> um so something interesting happened in the world of basketball um there is a cover story out in the september issue of rolling stone done by matt sullivan um the author of can't knock the hustle um a book about um, the year of protests in the NBA and the, the, the Brooklyn Nets sort of season. And uh, Matt is uh, a colleague that I know um, in the industry. We actually had him on the show um, when the book came out um, last summer, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, yeah, he's he's someone who's well plugged in, well sourced, and he has a profile that is out today on Golden State Warriors superstar Stephen Curry. A lot of interesting things in the, in the piece. Uh, Matt is really good at getting uh, access and getting athletes to open up and, and, and trust him and talk to him. So for those of you that are interested, I encourage you to go out and read it. A lot, a lot of interesting tidbits in there. There was an interesting um, quote that, that Curry had about uh, Durant, and I, I thought it was interesting, and you thought it was interesting. So I'm going to read it, and then we'll talk about um, This is Steph talking. The idea of playing with KD and knowing who he is as a person from our history in those three years I think KD is a really good dude. I think he has had certain things happen in his life that hurt his ability to trust people around him and a sense of making him, him feel safe at all times. So all of those things I understand having played with him and gotten to know him. I love that dude. And that is in context to, of course, he was asked about, you know, Durant demanding the trade um, over the summer. And then, of course, it not happening and then everything going back together in Brooklyn. And this is something that our colleague Henry Abbott has talked about. Right. And I brought it up on one of our shows maybe a month ago. Right. This idea of in team building, how Curry is with the trust that he has with Bob Myers and with ownership. And as we always talk about trust, something you have to earn. You don't just blindly give it out just because. Right. But they've worked the situation where they have earned it. And for Durant throughout whatever all of his professional uh, stops, whether it be OKC and Golden State, there seems to be a trust issue between him and the powers that be. And I just thought those comments by Steph were interesting. I, I have so many places to go with this. Uh, one of the things that I think my generation did a poor job of because our parents is we were too trusting of adults. And I, I never taught my children to be respectful to adults. Uh, be respectful to adults that deserve to be respectful to. And um, everyone else, be cynical. <laughs> Don't just give trust easily. Uh, that's not how we were raised. And I just got lucky, but a lot of other people didn't. Uh, I like, I like the players today, uh, aren't just trusting their bosses, so to speak, or their elders. I, I prefer that. I think it's a safer place to be and, and it forces adults to be more accountable and employers to be more accountable. Um, however, as I wrote for Troop a couple of years ago, in 19, I guess 2019, Durant's never going to have a teammate like Steph Curry. <laughs> I feel like this has proven that. I didn't know how you would leave that. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it was a trust issue between he and Steph. No, no, I don't I think, so. yeah, I think it was a grander thing. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it goes back to the same thing. First of all, Steph is 
I think, right to take the approach he's taken. Uh, you should not close doors because he could be a teammate of KD tomorrow. Like, who knows what's going to happen? And you should want that. I've never had a, I've never read or heard from one of my players, anyone having a problem with KD as a teammate. That, that has never happened. I'm not saying there's no teammate out there that feels that way. I just don't know of one. That doesn't mean they're, they're not upset at the moment. Yeah, sometimes they are. But he's a good dude to play with. Steph, what Steph is saying is what other people have said. Um, I think you and I have said before, well, we, you know, for a guy that always says, I just want a ball, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know that that's true. And I don't know that uh, if you, that's all you're doing, you'd be happy. Mm-hmm. We just want you happy mm-hmm. because you're such a marvelous player. Mm-hmm. He's like a tortured artist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And who wants that? Like, we don't mm-hmm. want our artists to be tortured. We want them to mm-hmm. be, have, find joy in the world and enjoy life. It's mm-hmm. too short. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I think, too, the interesting part of the comment is what Steph touched on, right? And this is, we talk about the brotherhood of the NBA, right? And how there's only so many people, you know, that exist in the world that have, that are part of that fraternity. It's a special group and the bond you share and things that, as Steph said, that I know that happened to him in his life that makes him, you know, not trust people and not feel safe at all times. I think that's a very important phrasing, not feel safe at all times. And, you know, when you're trying to, as you say, coach, you know, win a championship, like we talked about it last week, storms and things are coming. And if you don't feel safe and a storm is coming, well, what the hell? Like, right before the storm even gets there and you're not safe, this, this leads to right. A a situation that could be disastrous. And I think this is part of the, what we call his wandering spirit, right. Where he's always going in search of this thing, right. What the incident is that happened, we have no idea, and we're not going to speculate on that. Um, but for people, things that happen to you in your upbringing, in your life, they determine how you react and interpret situations as an adult, particularly if they're not dealt with right and addressed. Um, that is why we have therapy and all the different things that help you address things and root causes of problems that 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 surface as issues in your in your everyday life. Um, and it is, it is something that is interesting. And, you know, again, I don't know that we'll ever know what the situation is. I don't know if we even need to know. It's more of, to your point, my hope for him is that, okay, there is something that you go and get the requisite help for that so that you can be trusting of others, right? Not even just basketball for your life as you get older when basketball is over. Well, yeah, that's, that's the the name of the game. Um, I've, I'm lucky. Uh, I, I've, I've had a partner for a long time and I've got, you know, a number of friends that I know if in a pinch, they'd be, that have my back. And one of the challenges of being a trustworthy, being trusting when you're KD, as, as I've had players talk to me about this, uh, and none of them have as much money as Kevin Durant is when you need someone, are they there because they love you or because you pay them or they hope to one day get paid by you or some derivative of that. That's, that's a real issue that athletes deal with in all walks. Um, is, uh, is it me that they care about or is it my bank account or my fame? And as someone who has, for me, I, I, I survived a bullet that didn't come that close to me with cancer. It was in my face, but it wasn't likely going to kill me unless I just ignored it and we had it removed. And luckily it didn't spread. Just dumb, stupid luck that it didn't get in my brain or my lungs, which is common with salivary gland cancer. But in the moments prior to me knowing it had not spread the worst few weeks of my life, um, it was definitely nice to know that I had, because we didn't talk about it to anyone, you know, between my brothers who could not have been better with me and my wife, like I felt like I had, I had partners in a way that, uh, not everyone has that. Mm-hmm. And it helps you with your career and everything. Mm-hmm. And so um, I don't know that it has to be a love interest for Kevin Durant. I wouldn't even begin to know or care really about it with that. It's just, we hope he has someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say this besides their mom. I had a friend die of leukemia and he basically died living with his mom in his 50s because he didn't have a partner and he couldn't take care of himself. And so his parents were divorced and his mom had to take him in. And I, I mean, I could cry right now thinking about what that must have felt like for him when as a 50 something year old man, he had to move home with mom. 
mm-hmm. because he had no one that he that could take him in. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want you know all these. Adam Silver's. I think I, I saw the other day. Adam Silver's talked about anxiety with his players. Uh, I read yesterday, Gerard, that like one in four Americans uh, has seen some th- some form of therapist in the last two years. Understandably so, as we all know, what we dealt with from politics to COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, put a microscope on, turn on the heat lights. You know, everything Kevin Durant's gone through. Uh, it just would be. It'd be great if he could just find that one partner. And then, you know, he chose Kyrie. Like, a, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you, yeah, that's not your best choice for yeah. a dependable. Right. I know you, you know, you have someone. It, it just, it makes life easier. And it makes, as you said, storms. It makes storms. My wife and I talked about this yesterday. We, we literally, and we just, you and I were just talking about hurricanes mm-hmm. before. Um, we just, we dodged Irma, you know, five years ago, I think, this week. Mm-hmm. And I told her last night, we talked about it for when I, when I picked up, our kids were staying at my parents' house and we drove. So from this area, we drove across the state and I never turned on the radio yeah. we, until we got gas in Gainesville, two and a half hours away from us, another 90 minutes to get to the East coast before we drove North, man, we didn't talk. I had two hands on the wheel. I don't know why other than an act. I was so afraid we'd be cut an accident, with no gas. And then the hurricane comes a day and a half later and we're fucked. Mm-hmm. So I was just locked in on no, no possible fender benders. I'm getting the fuck out of Florida. Mm-hmm. And she was just next to me and the kids were in the backseat with the dog. And, but that was a storm and we were calm mm-hmm. and we all need that. The, the season is rollercoastery stormy enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope, and he'll never find someone like Curry. Mm-hmm. I hope that what's gone, what's happened in Brooklyn mm-hmm. gives KD. We're all allowed to grow up and, and mature in our own mm-hmm. time. And, and as mature as I might have been at 40, I was more mature at 45 and 55. Uh, I hope KD, I hope Kevin Durant just appreciates more and more what he had. Mm-hmm. Win or lose, different issue in terms of championship. Um, I want him to finish his career mm-hmm. glowingly mm-hmm. And, 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 and find the glory that he will earn if healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, hope, I hope he can, he can find that peace. Yep. With, the t- with teammates and culture and everything else mm-hmm. selfishly because we just enjoy yeah, the fuck out of watch sure. that guy play man for sure <laughs> at 100 percent, absolutely and you know these are the parts that's that's bigger than the game right because ultimately like, this is a person and a human being so as you always say you know it's not hard to be decent like as decent human beings we want good and decent things yeah. to happen to him away from basketball right so yeah. that is that is our hope um Moving on to more on the court things. So it's been bandied about and talked about for quite some time that the NBA will be doing its version of an in-season tournament. Um, It was reported uh, last week. The current framework looks something like this. Um, There'll be cup games through November. Eight teams will advance to a single elimination final in December. And the other 22 will continue on with their regular season. And all the games will be part of the 82 game schedule and the two final team. There'll be one extra game for the two final teams. So the, the kind of um, format this is taken on is similar to um, an intra-league uh, championship or cup, right? So if those of you who are football fans and not American football, European football, um, if you if you watch Premier League, it's the it's like the FA Cup. If you watch La Liga, it's like Copa del Rey, right? These intra-league sort of cups, uh, tournaments that, you know, has a winner. And one of the great things I enjoy about European football coaches, you have three chances at a at a championship trophy every year right you can win your league you can win champions league and then you can win your intra-league cup right and i think that's it's great to give more opportunities to celebrate something and of course the best teams pull off what they call a treble right they win all three right they win champions they win their league and their league's most prestigious prestigious uh tournament now for me i think it's a great idea but with all these things the players have to buy in first and you know how we are as human beings, coach. Like change is like, even though that's the most constant thing in life is change, we detest it as human beings. And so I'm sure it's going to be met with some kind of snarky tweet or comment from some player coming up. Ah, who cares? This is not the NBA championship. I, I know it's going to come. Someone's going to say it. But I hope that an important player, a, a star player, someone who has cachet says, no, this will be great. I like the idea of another opportunity for us to compete for something because it's like everything else. If one of the big stars say it's cool, everybody else will follow along. But one of them says, no, nah, this is dumb. 
we're going to have some issues. And I, generally speaking, I have some more thoughts on what I think would be cool. But what are your initial thoughts about this uh, in-season tournament? So I have so many. And, of course, we could, we could lean into the whole health of our players and all of that. But I first want to say this. I don't know how much money we're talking about here as to what they can earn. But I, 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 knowing players a little bit the way I do, I would love if uh, the NBA were to award for every win you have, every rostered player is given X amount of dollars that he must give to the charity of his choosing wherever he wants to. And, and I would want Adam Silver to say, but try to do it in your own community, not where your team plays. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if you're from Greece mm -hmm. or you're from Nigeria or you're from Houston or, you know, some small town in Mississippi, uh, you get to decide for every game you guys win, it's an extra 50 grand, hundred grand, whatever the number is, it's not going to be 12 bucks. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'd really like them. I'd really like them to, to lock in on helping impoverished members of their community or hunger issues in their community, or their community might've just suffered some hurricane or storm or whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I'd love to see, I, I think that would motivate the hell out of players. Mm -hmm. If they know they can flat out this, and it's not coming from their pocket necessarily, which they can match, they can do it. I'm sure some of these players would match whatever it is they win with their own. Imagine, imagine someone going to their town in, in Detroit. Here's a million dollars to send 25 kids to college the next 10 years or whatever, mm -hmm. whatever mm -hmm. they would do it. And let the players have, each individual player have some ownership. Yeah, well, they have to great. turn in, before the first game, what their plans are. Get, they all have their own foundations. Don't give it to their foundation. Um, or, or if you do, let that foundation then fund whatever they're going to do. And let's impact people. Mm -hmm. uh, I would really love to see that because other than that, it's just a matter of putting more money into the players' pockets, which to some of these guys, they absolutely could use it. Mm -hmm. uh, it sounds crazy, but someone making $2 million a year in the NBA is not what you think. I, nope. I took a player recently to the Capitol Grill for dinner. And he's a young guy. He's got a nice guaranteed deal, but he's still young. And, and I said, enjoy it. It's on me. Never come here again. It was in his community. <laughs> uh, until you get your next contract. You don't need to be spending 60 bucks on a steak. Mm -hmm. And if you show up with the veterans, they'll give you the bill. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, my favorite story, just real quick on this. When Kevin Martin was a rookie, I gave him the same speech. Like, don't you fucking go out with Pedro Stiakovich and Doug Christie and Mike Bibby. They all make, and Brad Miller, they all make right. tons of money and they're right. going to screw you every time for dinner. They'll have a great yeah. time doing it too. Get to know a Fridays or whatever. So I came to visit him a couple months later and we went to an Applebee's. I may have told you this story once before. And the waitress said, hey, Kevin. And I thought that was no big deal because you know there's only 12 guys that play whatever in a small town. And, um, but then she came back and she gave me IC and she said to him, do you want the usual? And he kind of nice. looked at me like, I was listening, coach. This is my spot. <laughs> Applebee's away from everyone. They would never be caught dead in a, in a restaurant like this. All these fucking money guys. So the, the, these players, I think, can really, uh, some of these guys could use the money. But if they knew they were helping their community, yeah. and they want, they want to do that anyway, right. it would just give so much more gravitas to this thing than just another event to wear these guys down and mm -hmm. put a few more dollars in their pocket, maybe. The, the, the good thing I like about it is I love what your, your, your point about the charity is that it's not extra games, right? It's just it's part of the 82 game schedule. Unless you go to the championship, then you play one. You do play one extra game. Um, but, you know, teams can be smart and, you know, rotate their guys around that. If, in fact, it's something that they actually care about and want to win. That's that's number one. Um, you know, we here, everyone knows we are championing. The season is too long. Let's cut it down. Um I like the idea of an in-season tournament, but I would like something even better. Um, and I would like to use the Champions League model um, in football where we'd have, and again, logistically, I don't know how it would work because you got FIBA rules, you got Europe League. All no, no, no FIBA rules. I've been watching this FIBA <laughs> tournament that I feel so bad for Giannis. You, you want to talk about a wall? We, it's hard to build walls in the NBA compared right. to those tournaments. <laughs> they're just all in the paint all the time the he made one Probably great drive and dunk it's so <laughs> terrible to watch well um, by rules I'm, i meant more governing I understand bodies what you're saying. um yeah. to yeah. you know logistically how it would work but we take let's say i don't know the top four teams in the nba 
top four teams in uh, the European League, top four teams, in, right? And you actually have a club tournament like they do for Champions League. I think that would be cool. Now, the reality of that situation is more often than not, an NBA team would likely win Champions League, but it's not going to happen 100% of the time, right? You know, you could have one of these great teams like over in Europe. It's got some great talent that, you know, they do the thing and they win. Um, but I, I would love to see that because that would be like a true world club championship. But I would only want something like that if we had a 58 game season, which we've talked about before right. in the NBA. And you have your break for champions like, like, like you do in Europe. I think that would be great. Uh, that'd be good. I also would like to see the G League teams, every one of them in. Mm-hmm. I would love to see. I, I, you know, we don't have enough. You know, in some of these tournaments, as as you know, someone who has a mistake in a team over there, uh, some of these cups in in England in in the UK, you draw your name out of a hat and you could play a team from the fourth division or whatever mm-hmm. league. You know, um, we we don't have that enough teams for that here because uh, we just have thirty NBA teams and I think we're closing on thirty G League yep. teams. But still, I would love to see uh, round one where we seed them. And uh, so number one in the NBA plays number 30 in the G League so that we have number 30 in the NBA play number one in the G League Mm. because I think that game would be more competitive typically than what anyone would think. The G League is now maybe the second best league in the world, domestic league, not including the Euro League, which is Mm -hmm. all the other uh, leagues uh, combined, the countries combined. Uh, They just aren't experienced, but they're talented. Yeah, I'd like to see, you know, OKC this year probably beats any G League team because of Shea and Lou Dort. But um, in, in some of years past, maybe not. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe if Indiana gets rid of Miles Turner and Buddy Heald, that's a question mark because they're mm-hmm. so young at that point. So I think that'd be cool. I'd be good for the NBA G League. It'd be bad yeah. for the NBA team to lose. Yeah, good for the sure. G League to show just how talented they are. Um what about in like in my proposed idea of a, of a of a Champions League where you'd have let's say like the number four team in the NBA? So let's say it's I don't know the Philadelphia 76ers. Like there's a possibility they could lose to uh, Real Madrid, right? That could happen if you're playing if you're playing FIBA rules for sure because they're just gonna they're just gonna sit in the paint and Philly's capable of missing a bunch of threes in a game, which is what a, I mean. Yesterday Giannis missed six straight, made his last two. To to, uh, to be the Czech Republic, they were losing much of the game. They had a great start, then it was, they were down for a while. Um, yeah, it, it, I always say the same thing. Villanova beat Georgetown. I watched that game. Like they they weren't they Georgetown had to play average, and Villanova had to play out of their minds, and they did. In one game, that shit happens. So um, yeah, I I wouldn't be. I'm not afraid of that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it'd be good. To sh- it's good for basketball, and. Um, but I understand the arrogance of the NBA may prevent that from happening. And they're all on different schedules. You know, yeah. As it is in the Euro Cup, they already have built-in national team breaks so they can practice or even compete for their national team. So it kind of adds up a little bit where it makes it hard. Yeah. Um, so, so just to be clear, the, this, this, whatever they're going to call it, some mm-hmm. sponsor is oh, going to pay sure. money for yeah. it. Um, this is going to count as part of the ready to – so mm-hmm. these will be regular season games. And cup games. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So it's no, so again, unless you make the final, nobody's playing any extra games. It's just part yeah. of your normal schedule. It's like, oh, these are cup games. Again, it, to your point about the charity piece of it, um, yeah. I want to see some of the big names saying, no, this matters. Like, I'd love to win our first inaugural, whatever they call yeah. it, commission. Well, cup. I don't know. Do we even know if it's home and away? How are they doing it? Are they, they doing I, a neutral site? I know that'll probably be home and away is what I imagine, because that just makes life easier. And I also imagine the owners don't want to figure out a way to like not have that gate revenue right at, yeah. at their arenas. So it'll probably there, be a home and away. There is something to say about a team hosting a, a big game, mm-hmm. you know, a playoff atmosphere, as opposed to a neutral site place like Vegas, where they 3,000 kids are, are there from camp or, mm-hmm. or what, holiday break, mm-hmm. and they're just screaming, that's no good. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah, so if, they if, probably if you, are going to do that. If we ever got to a point where there was like a Champions League type of situation, what governing rules for the game do you think would be fair? Because it can't just be NBA rules and it can't just be FIBA, it can't or FIBA rules, right? It should be a blend. How, how would you do it if you're making yeah. rules? Well, for the I game? would do it. I would do 40 minutes, not 48. Okay. For the final game, I would cut it to 40 minutes. There's a better chance it'd be more competitive than a tighter game. Uh, you have to you have to have representatives of both meet and and ferret it out. I I want the NBA three point line. Mm-hmm. I don't think it should matter. I, my experience now is 
players are shooting four point shots all the time anyway. And so it shouldn't matter to those guys overseas. The game's just too crowded. Um, and it's, and I understand it. And, you know, people always talk about, they rely on tactics and tactics and tactics and they do in part because they have no choice because of the way teams are able to defend. But I mean, I watched, you know, Luca, Serbia ran some good stuff for Jokic, but Luca and Giannis, they're just have the ball in their hands a bunch and dribbling a thousand <laughs> times. I'd, I want to see a better game than that, but um, the, having the NBA uh, spacing would be better. Um, it can get really physical in Europe. I, I wouldn't want that. That's just mm-hmm. football to me, mm-hmm. uh, which is hard enough to watch. So uh, I think, yeah, be, to be fair, you've got to have a meeting of the minds and, you know, compromise to some mm-hmm. degree. Mm-hmm. Um, most of our better players have played internationally going back to their teen years. For sure. So they have a little, they're comfortable with some of that, but I know this, I would definitely make it a 40 minute game. Mm, yeah. I kind of like that. So would you do just two, uh, two 20 minute halves or do you 10 minute yeah. periods? No, I, I, yeah, I would do, I would do that's that. And that's a concession to the FIBA side because they're going to want plenty of the NBA side too. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're starting it as soon as when Gerard. Uh, so this, this cup, this uh, N- NBA tournament in interleague cup is going to start the 2023 24 season so next yeah, year next season yeah that's right next season it's going to be yeah. here um yeah. so that'll that'll be look yeah it's going to be another way but there's going to be money attached to this for sure to your point some sponsors are going to slap their name on it and say this is the netflix whatever cup or whoever decides to shell out some money and it'll be again nice to your point great money grab for the players but can we do something more with it? i think that'll be interesting to see as we move it move it forward so so just to be clear so what they'll do is they'll say all right, October 30th or mm-hmm. October, Halloween night, whatever. Right. All of these games, games are round mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, November 15th, all mm-hmm. these games are round two mm-hmm. to be determined after we see who wins yep. game one. Yep. So, yeah, October 30th, mm-hmm. 31st games happen, or maybe over two days. Mm-hmm. Winners are all moving on. Yep. Okay, yeah, we'll couple by teams because you're mm-hmm. going to have. 15 yeah. winners so that's not going to work yeah yeah so it'll because it because the, the way they want it is it's the it's the eight eight teams advance right so i'm assuming it's whoever has the, the eight best records through those through those games and then it's single elimination right after that so yeah, kind of similar to what they do it's like in champions like right when you get to the knockout phase where it's like all yeah. right we made it here now it's you lose you go home or not go home but you're no longer eligible to win win right. the cup trophy um staying on the floor we're continuing our, our season previews. We talked about the championship bus. We talked about teams we believe are solid playoff teams. Well, now we got the teams that are at the play-in. And one of the great things about the play-in coach is that it, of course, it, the league did it to like eliminate tanking, although some teams are still doing that. But it gives you an opportunity when you are ninth or 10th seed, like, hey, we still have something to play for, the play-in, right? And look, you win a couple of games, as we saw what the Pelicans did last year, you're in it. And that for that squad, and we talk about the Pelicans quite a bit, we know what that did for them from a franchise to buoy them going forward. They have so much momentum and runway launching them into this season. Um, so there'll be a bunch of teams now that are going to be, not a bunch, but teams that are around that play-in area. Um, and I thought we'd talk about them. And I want to start with the Hornets because they've got a young star in LaMelo Ball. Um, you know, they're, they fired Borrego. Um and so who came back? Is Clifford back over there? Yeah, he's back. Yeah. yeah. Cl- Clifford's back over there. I'm not sure how that's going to go. Um, <laughs> we'll see. But that's a team that, and of course they have the Miles Bridges situation hanging over their head, which I don't know what's going on with that. Um, it, they're a team that, you know, they've shown enough sort of flashes and moments where you're like, this team could be something. Um, they're, they could be hovering around that play in area. What are your thoughts on the Charlotte Hornets? On the list that you provided me, I'd have them ranked second or third to last on that list because of the Miles Bridge situation. Uh, with Lamelo and Rozier, they've got really good offense. Uh, they drafted Mark Williams at center, mm-hmm. but I don't think he's going to be an impact player, you know, as a 20, 21 year old at that position, which is just such a, I think it's the hardest position to play in the league now. Um, Bridges, you know, how, what is Hayward going to be this right, year? Yeah. That's, yep, it's exactly. a, it's a fair question. Um, I think that Steve Clifford, I, I thought Borrego was a good coach, and we I saw what so happened. Right. So Steve's super professional, very organized. He'll be defensive-focused, but you can't play defense if your backcourt doesn't want to play defense. And I haven't seen LaMelo Ball. No. Well, Terry Rogier has physical limitations, but he could definitely do more things. And LaMelo has the physical tools to be a better defender, but only seems to be concerned about the offensive side of the ball um, right now. 
and as you always say, you know, players can mature, they have time to grow up and do all those things. Um, I wonder, you know, is this a situation where LaMelo's here and then it's like, oh, you know, in a couple of years, we start hearing LaMelo wants out, right? Or, you know, he signs his extension. He's like, all right, get me out of here because this is the place to be. That's what concerns me about Charlotte right now. And we have lost David temporarily. He's frozen. Um, could be a Florida man situation. We don't know. Uh, hang tight, everybody. We will be back. All right, coach is back. We had a little bit of a uh, technical issue there. You know, Florida goes. Um, no, but I, coach, my, my fear about Charlotte is, as I was saying, is, you know, LaMelo signs his extension, you know, things are hunky-dory, whatever. And then he starts, I don't want to be here. This place is terrible. And then, you know, things get from bad to worse uh, in Charlotte. That's been my concern from day one is uh, I just, I just don't trust that situation. Although he's been, it seems like a model citizen for them and happy to be a face of the franchise um on the court without miles bridges in this conference you know this year with all these good teams there's not a lot of margin for error you know they made the play in twice in a row got destroyed non-competitive two straight years in the game to be the eighth seed and they're not better this year they're worse than they were last year when the most of the teams of the conference have gotten better so i that's a real concern to me that I, I'd be surprised if they make the play in this year. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're probably right. A team that um, was towards the bottom, right? Cause they're young, but maybe towards the top of your list in terms of playing the Detroit Pistons. Um, I think we're both very high on Cade Cunningham. Uh, we like what they did um, in the draft and, and look, this is a team they're young for sure. Uh, our guy, Dwayne Casey's there. We know they're going to play uh, play good defense. I think this is a team, Coach, that could certainly challenge for a playing spot. Yeah, well, a couple of things have to happen. So um, Isaiah Stewart's got to make progress at the five. Jalen Dern is a teenager who they drafted. Yes. I don't know that he can help this year. Cade's got to make a big jump, which is certainly within his grasp. He's a very talented player. And um, Killian Hayes is a backup one. He's been such a disappointment. but. Sometimes those guys are just late bloomers. You know, Jalen Brunson really came around. That, mm-hmm. They're both left-handed. That's, that's, that's about the only thing they have in common. Jaden Ivey, though, was the other one where uh, I, I think he's a terrific talent. I had him rated, I think, top three. And um, uh, we barely saw him in summer league, and he got hurt a little bit, and they didn't play him. But uh, he's got some Dwayne Wade in him, more than mm-hmm. anyone else that I've seen mm-hmm. probably, uh, except for maybe Donovan. We saw how good Donovan was as a rookie. So if he if he can do his thing, uh, which I think he can, uh, Sadiq Bay is a shooter. If he gets back, he I think it was thirty five percent last year. He needs to get that back up to thirty eight, like he was here before. Uh, yeah, they're they're going to be fun. I think I don't think they're going to you know they're going to win thirty some odd games probably. They're they're not going to win twenty five. They're going to yeah, be better yeah. than that for yeah. sure. Um, <laughs> our, our good buddy Randy Shane's favorite team, the New York Knicks. <laughs> yeah. Well. I mean, they got the backcourt kind of that they wanted. They got Jalen Brunson, who's very that's who they wanted. They were very clear about that, right? They 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 actually the league opened up a tampering investigation because they went to the to, to, to the Dallas Mavericks game and sat literally courtside, right behind the Mavericks bench. So we know they wanted Brunson. Um, you know, uh, I think the Randall thing to me, Coach, that's a problem. Like not just because. As I've said, his high ceiling was the the first year back after the bubble, and we made all NBA. He's already gotten to this sort of contentious relationship with the fans in New York, and once once that started, like that's you've got to really in order to turn that around, you've really got to come out and like show a whole different level and and, and style of play. And again, I just think that that season that was his high watermark. I don't know that he even gets back to that level again, much less better than he was that season. And, you know, if he, if they're, if they're, if he's demanding, they run the offense through him, he gets all his touches. What is that doing to RJ Barrett's development? What's that doing to all the other young guys? I, I just, I don't know, man, this, this situation looks not great to me. I mean, he's really important for them for sure. Uh, if, if, if Randall can get close to what he was two seasons ago, if Mitch, Mitch Robinson's healthy, mm-hmm. um, RJ becomes a, a huge swing factor. Because he's the one that's got the most upside of, yep. of that core group. Mm-hmm. Emmanuel quickly can make mm-hmm. a big jump, you know, in year three. Jericho Grimes. Sims, Grimes. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Uh, and of course, we'll see what Jalen brings. Toughness, intensity, can score, really can score at efficient, productive level. And um, I, yeah, I really question. Oh, and Obi Toppin is a and talented Obi, yep. player that just. But he's not going to get any run because they're going to play. What's his face? They're going to play Randall all the time. That's so. the concern. Um, and they seem to be so all in on Tibbs still. That may be that, that may be their downfall. Maybe not. We'll see. But um, they actually have a pretty talented team. They do. Uh, that could compete for at least a play-in. And but you know we we there's some guys you can say the, uh, outside of injury they're going to be great or good. There's a lot of question marks in in New York and starting with it with the coach. So uh, I still think they'll go after Shea or someone. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I'm not sure that they'll have any success with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, down the I-95 to D.C. and the Wizards. Um, uh, I got Tommy Shepard's there. Um, they have Brad Beal, right? Back, so he's, back, he's, got, he's got his money. Um, yeah. yeah. He's got his money, a lot of other people's money, too. <laughs> 40-something million, whatever it is. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> they got Denny Abdia. Uh, they got some young, some young talent there. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of great things to say about the Wizards in terms of where, where I see them going. I just... I guess my question is, what is their plan? And I don't, by what I don't know what their plan is by what I've seen. Well, I would argue that they got a couple of things. One is they're hoping Beal returns to all NBA form. They're paying. Oh, that's, him to well, do if that. that happens, that's huge. Yeah, they're paying him to do that. We don't know if he will. He's not thirty yet. Uh, their plan is to have Porzingis assert himself as an All Star level player again. That, like that he, would like be he huge. They, yeah, they've got a good backup in Daniel Gafford, where they could even play them together if they wanted to. Their plan is to have uh, Hachimura and Rui and uh, Denny of Dia uh, play to a lottery level. Uh, Hachimura uh, missed half the season to personal issues personal we don't issues. know about. And then uh, I think I may have said this before. Um, he made 72% of his shots at the rim last year. Amazing. And 45% from three. Amazing. So if he could do something defensively, because they need that, uh, he looks like he's become a better offensive player. Certainly more assertive more of sort of a jump shooter, bucket getter, bucket hunter. Um, Avdi is excellent on defense and can, and we'll see what he does offensively. He needs to shoot better. They've got some, some good guards that Delon Wright is just one mm-hmm. of them. They've got a couple of veterans at the one. Uh, so yeah, if all those things happen, but they could even get to, you know, six, seven because Porzingis was an all-star once. Beal has been all NBA or that level. It just, it's asking a lot. I, I wouldn't project it. It's just possible. Well, you know, it's so funny that it's a common theme I'm noticing among these teams in this range. It's a lot of if, 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 sure. if, if, if. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like 20 ifs. If well, all these things happen. <laughs> right. There's always ifs, but for right. some of these other teams, if they, if, if it doesn't uh, happen, they're okay, still good okay. teams. Yeah. This team, this team has to have all these ifs even to be relative, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's move out West. Sacramento. The Kings, the Kings just, they do Kings things. I don't, <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> hiring Mike Brown, I think was probably a good decision. He's going to bring over some of that Warriors magic. We know Vivek is obsessed with all things Warriors as he's once a minority owner there. Um, now, of course, what makes the Cuisinart so fun and makes that go is, well, we got the best pieces to make the Cuisinart go. Yeah. You don't really have those in Sacramento. You got some things. You got some things. Um, we we like Keegan Murray, right? Um, Very much. We like Terrence Davis. Kevin Herter I'm a big fan of. Um, you still Malik have De'Aaron Monk. Fox. Which, Malik Monk. Malik Monk. Sabonis, who I love. Rashawn Holmes, Holmes backing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, they their their team, Gerard uh is better than the other teams we've talked about so far on paper it's it's better um I, I i'm happy for mike brown to have another chance he seems like a great guy uh we have mutual friends and my the friends who i know well really who some of that work for him love him um i i i don't love recycling so much i'd rather keep bringing new, new assistants blood. to try mm-hmm. it but he he was i think the architect of the defense last season in golden state that team, that side of the floor was phenomenal for them. And uh, you would think the, the Kings players would listen. Mm-hmm. Darren Fox has a reputation of being a bit of an enigma. Mm-hmm. And that's too bad because he's super talented. Uh, 
Davion Mitchell should be a good defensive player and, and a good overall player. Not great, but good. Uh, yeah, with Holmes backing up Sabonis, or even if you want to go big, you can, as more and more teams are doing that we've talked about. Um, Harrison Barnes is still a good player. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Keegan Murray is the rookie of the, of the mm-hmm. year in the Summer League, and he, he destroyed the Big Ten, then he destroyed the Summer League. <laughs> he was just really unbelievable. If that dude, and Marvin Bagley, who I saw this summer in Miami, who's put work in his game, they have a lot of talent. Now well, it's they, not, they, no, they, no, Bagley's with Detroit. They traded, they traded Bagley, yeah. yeah. Bagley's with Detroit. I meant to say yeah. him from last one. No, the, the Kings have a lot of talent. Yeah. Uh, uh, just if Mike can get them to defend, which has been an issue for that franchise, um, then and, and you know then you create an environment where Keegan can reach his potential. He's locked in with everyone defensively. He won't be a star on defense like Evan Mobley, almost for sure. But he's better offensively than Mobley was. And so if 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 Fox plays his potential. Uh, and we know what Sabonis is. We know what Holmes is. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the very least, a very good, if not one of the better few center backups in the league. Uh, Mitchell needs to grow. Those young guys need to grow. We know what Harrison Barnes is. I, I don't no think we know what Herter is. We saw Herter in the oh, playoffs. I, I love Herter. And, and, I, and Monk was very good for the Lakers last year. So, um, like, again, this, these are there's, we talked about this before, Gerard. There are some teams that just have too many bad players to be good. This is not one of those teams. They've got a bunch of good players, if not very good players, including a potential all-star in Fox and a former all-star in Sabonis, um, and maybe an all-star down the road in Murray. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just – they got to – you started by saying the Kings do Kings things. Let's get, they got to <laughs> get their own way, uh, and, and it's, it's possible. They, they, none of these guys should have to pay for the sins of previous teams. Yeah, correct. They, they have every chance to be good. Now, now they got to go do it. And I think with Mike Brown, this is because he's obviously head coach in Cleveland. He coached the Lakers for a bit, then assistant with Golden State. So this is his third opportunity as a head coach. Yeah, we always say players can improve, but so can coaches, right? Yeah. So all of those years in the Warriors culture and what they've built there. Yes, of course, we know they had Steph, KD, Clay. Okay, fine, but culture and what? And of course, it helps when you have Steph Curry as your culture builder, but. What can the, what elements can he take from that and bring them to Sacramento and say, okay, this is the culture that we want to establish here. And who is the player or players that can help him establish that, right? Because as you know, coaches can say whatever. But if he doesn't have guys in the locker room backing yeah. up and parroting what he's saying, don't mean a whole hell of a lot. Yeah, Fox really has to buy in and be a leader. He's such a talented player. Sabonis, I'm sure, will be great uh, as an attitude guy, whatever. Keegan Murray seemed like an amazing young man. Holmes is a great guy. Barnes is total pro. Um, Fox, though, is the best player, as the most talented player. Uh, Mitchell won a national championship in college. Mm-hmm. Um, the, what he can bring is anecdotes from a championship. Mm-hmm. You know, anecdotes from a championship. I, I almost wish once a week he would have a little journal called Anecdotes of a Championship and share it with his team. Like once a week and make it all about defense or culture building. Like, here's, here's what happened last year off the court that y'all don't know about. So here's the decisions we made in this meeting. Here's what we did in this practice. Here's what we did this team dinner. Like, these are things that all added up to down 2-1 in Boston. It wasn't just Steph Curry going off for 43. It was all these other things that happened all season long to build up to that game. If we lose, we're down 3-1. We're going to lose the series. But we won on the road behind our best player. But he wasn't the only one who showed up. If he can do that and get and guys normally want guidance, that's where one thing I've heard about Fox is he may not always be so crazy about it, mm. but you should be able to sell that too. Like no one's going to know who you are outside Sacramento, which right now that's the case. <laughs> I wouldn't recognize him barely, and I, I've watched him play a ton. I mean, and people barely know you in Sacramento, Darren Fox. Let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, let, I mean, let's let's call it what it yeah. is, right? Yeah, yeah, I get it. You came in with a lot of hype and a lot of talent, but thus far, I mean. He probably thinks of himself in the way that we, the media, talk about John Morant. And it's like, yeah, but you ain't that. No. Right? Like, so, no. I mean, and, for, of course, we talk about Josh skills and, and all that, but it's something I've mentioned over and over again. And, of course, as in team building, it matters. His teammates and those guys believe in that dude, right? There is a leadership quality to him that he has. For sure. That makes his guys want to know, oh, yeah, we're, we're rolling with that guy. Yeah. You got to find whatever's in you to get that. So the Kings are like, you know, this is our guy. We're, we're going, we're going with him. Yeah. You know, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I don't. Uh, so I had the Spurs on here. I, I doubt that they're going to be because they're probably no. going to trade. Right. They already Pearl. they already got rid of Murray. They're probably going to yeah. trade Pirtle, and yeah. they're going to be you know probably. So I think that's that's probably it for our teams that are going to be around that playing area. Well, that's everybody let's else just lottery. Say, right, real quick about the Spurs. So um, if Josh Primo starts as a guard, he's nineteen. Okay, he'll be twenty in January. <laughs> I think January, December, January. Devin Vassell will start at two. Uh, he's 21 <laughs> and he turned 21. I want to say in August, I'm almost positive. He's not 22. I could be wrong, but I think he turned 21 in August, which means last month. So they're, they're combined three years older than Chris Paul. Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> they're, they're not young guys like that. They're not, that's, yeah. not, that's not ready for yeah. what I tell you what though, if they get Victor, yeah. uh, uh, with a, and, and they're going to trade Yaka Yal- Pertle, I think mm-hmm. for, Picks are the young players. Uh, they got, you know, they just extended Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got, yeah, they're, they're doing a, a youth movement, I think. Yeah, that's what it seems is, to me. Is Pirtle a piece that for a team, ooh, that, yeah. could not, that could put you up over the top now? Yeah, I really, I think he's a very underrated player. Very good defender, good at the rim on both ends. Um, plays the right way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that he... Yeah, we'll see what teams need a big mm-hmm. going forward. Um, and there'll be somebody, will, someone, yeah, someone will need one for sure. So the Spurs will target that team, I would think. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, folks, we're uh, EuroBasket. Let's let's quickly yeah. close on on EuroBasket. Uh, you had an interesting tweet the other day. Uh, Serbia lost with um, Nikola Jokic, and I think because so, someone you quote tweeted it, someone had said. In the minutes that Jokic played, they were plus eleven, and in the minutes that Jokic wasn't played, they outscored by whatever. And you, you quote. 19, you quote tweeted, surprise, surprise. They didn't have the second best player in the world to back up the yeah. best player in the world in those minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what I didn't tweet, but I thought of was that the Nuggets fans should be thrilled they lost. Every, every yeah, extra day of rest. rest. We yes. said this last week. All mm-hmm. these guys should take 30 days off. Um, and uh, yeah, Jokic, I, I watched him this morning. It was amazing. Um, he ran out of gas, I thought, though. I thought he got tired late. Uh, Giannis is just banging against the wall all the time. Everyone's just hanging in the paint. Um, he looks the same to me, which is great, amazing, astounding, and disappointing. Yeah, he's still not his shooting. I think still look kind of fucked up, but uh, they got the crafty guy Nicolaitis, who I trained years ago at yeah, one. They're, they're, mm-hmm. I'm going to focus on the uh, EuroBasket this week and write about it a week from today because the championship game is Sunday. Yeah, because we're, we're this week is quarterfinals week, right? So we got yeah. Spain, Finland, we got uh, Germany, Greece. Uh, France, Italy, and Slovenia, Poland. Which and Franz Wagner got hurt for Germany. He's been oh, playing really great. Geez, this is, this is he turned his ankle, about. and yeah, he he, he was going to make a big jump. When you talk about these teams that you just mentioned, Orlando has enough talent. They're just really young, but these are lottery picks. Mm-hmm. They're like Detroit. They, if Paolo is as good as he could be, even as a rookie, so skilled, like Scotty Barnes' type mm-hmm. player, which he actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, he just doesn't have that kind of joy, but. Noah has Scotty's joy, but he's a very versatile, talented player. Um, yeah, and so they need Wagner to be to make another big jump, and we don't know how long. We just know it's a sprain. We don't know anything else. But yeah, they, that that that's those games start. I think um, maybe Tuesday, Wednesday, or Wednesday. Wednesday. I think Tuesday, Wednesday. Wednesday yeah, mm-hmm. Wednesday is it? Mm-hmm. And then the finals are uh, Sun. Uh, the, the finals, and then the consolation game is Sunday. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So we'll we'll have we'll have an article about it Monday. It's a weird thing, right? Because in one way, because Luca, remember for Dallas last year, Luca came in out of shape and fat to start yeah. the season. Yeah, well, he'll, he'll be, be in shape. shape to start yeah. the season, but he's yeah. going to be gas tank's going to be. I think so. A little he's bit lower than. Yeah. And the problem with Denver now they had the injuries the last two years was Jokic was the, was a beast and a workhorse for the regular season. Come postseason time, got no gas left because I got to play eighty two games so we can win enough to make it. So the, you know, both of those teams are going to start thinking of, and Giannis, you mentioned for Greece, like yeah. you're going to have to think, okay, does it matter if we're seated one? Like no, I, I got to get these guys on strategic rest yeah. so that come May or April, they're ready to rock, rock and rock. I, I wouldn't have Jokic touch a ball on a court and moving around. Well, he can touch a ball, just don't run around until like October 7th. Let's get all the way through training camp, starting the 27th, mm-hmm. 10 days of training. He doesn't need any of it. Just you get him the bike, them run around a little bit. But he's, you know, he's in pretty good shape now. Very good shape. Uh, he got tired yesterday, as, as you'd expect in these games. And he's, you know, he's being attacked by everyone all the time. 
uh, because they need him, you know, for that long season ahead, which are capable of winning everything. Yeah, and same with same with uh, Milwaukee, right? Like Giannis, is, you're not touching the ball either. You, we gotta we yeah, need you to rest sure. because yeah. you know we because they are the they won the championship two years ago, so yep. they're yep. they're right in the mix. Yep. All right, folks, we will be back later in the week. Uh, I think we're having a guest this week. Uh, Coach's Coach good friend, Louisa Thomas, um, yeah. wrote an interesting article um, in the New Yorker recently. So I think we'll probably talk about that. For sure. Um, Brittany Griner. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, about Brittany Griner. We'll talk about some U.S. Open. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about, uh, by the way, you see Alcaraz, the 19-year-old. Youngest. Was it four sets? Four sets. Youngest number that. one in the history of the sport on the men's side. Really? Yes. Yes. Because we've never been a teenager, time, right? Never teenagers have won. Like, so Sampras, Chang, no, and Nadal have won Grand Slams as 19-year-olds, but never been number one and won a Grand Slam. How well do you know tennis? Extremely well. Okay, so how how Pete Sampras was an amazing player. Yes. And how he, did he would he get smoked? Oh my god. So look, Pete really? Sampras won 14 Grand Slam titles. That's he, all he won? Yeah, which is a lot. A lot. Well, it's un- a lot. Until until these three came along, right? Like he right. could not hang with the big three now like could not like even prime like maybe on grass and wimbledon like with fed but like these dudes are, and novak right, these guys are too good they really? return too well like there's too about mcenroe in his prime they got, too much, they got too they much variety too in their game they're too hard they have too much variety in their game yeah. like they can do everything they can do everything. everything yeah and this kid 19 coach i mean and he's fast as hell i know that physically he's built like he's a man right like he's yeah. got the but you know, nineteen-year-olds always worry about. All right, do you got it? Yeah. Oh man, he's. he's I mean, it's incredible. Like his, the ability to see number. He wasn't number one seed, was he? No, he's number three. To put okay. aside when a bad thing happens as quickly as yeah. he does and move up. So I hard. Mean, I mean, adults can't do that all like, the time. I mean, NBA players struggle with that all the time. He's yeah. just like, okay, next. I'm like, how the? How are you doing this? Yeah. It's and and, and Juan Carlos Ferrero, last thing. His coach, who won who won a French Open title, said, and this is scary part for the rest of the tennis world. He's only in about sixty percent of his of of his abilities, and yeah. I was like, Jesus, <laughs> this guy might win thirty majors. <laughs> like, look out, assuming health and all the all the all the rest of the stuff. And then I, I watched the women's final. I cry. I always cry oh. if I see the ch- final point. I always cry because <laughs> I know how hard it is. Yeah, it's so hard. I've I've been lucky enough to coach national champions, world champions, and, so hard. and in a team sport, I know. I always think about this, Gerard. I think she's from Poland. Yes. So Poland, not as rich as our country. Not even close. That's one of my favorite things about a lot of these international sports. Their stories were, at one point, you know, they're six years old, just in some YMCA-like place. Mm -hmm. And uh, the fact that they can ascend to be the best in the world, Mm -hmm. it's just anyone can do it if you have the work ethic, but it does require a lot of talent. A lot of talent. (laughs) A lot of great coaching. Yeah, and, those are amazing stories. And and Iga Swiatek, just for you guys, a little, little tennis for you. Number one women's player. Um, she this is already her third major title. She won two Frenches already, and she's now showing that she can play on hard court. Watch out next year for a big year from her. Uh, yeah. She could run off three out of the next four Grand Slams yeah. next year. Alcaraz as well. Get ready at at Australia. Like he, because again, we're on the back end of Djokovic, Nadal, Federer. Like yeah. they're about to leave the sport soon. Right. And this kid. Yeah. Okay. I'm at the pay times. attention again. It's fun times. All right, folks. We will see you later on. Take care.